0: Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations, and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host of The Lighthearted Life. Our topic today is being happy intentionally, and I'm so excited to have our guest today. Julie Leonard is a certified life coach, and she's a, get this, she's a happiness evangelist with more than 30 years of experience in um, psychology, health, and coaching. Along with her coaching practice, she is the founder of Sundoc.com, the creator of the Intentional Happiness Circle. I can't wait to find out more about that. And author of the number one bestseller *Intentional Happiness*, the life-changing guide to being happy and, more importantly, staying happy. So, Julie, thank you so much for being on our show. Welcome, welcome.
1: Oh, it's just wonderful to be here, and I'm so looking forward to our conversation.
0: I, me too. I've been so excited about our our show this morning. I want to ask. I have so many things, so many things I want to ask you, but. I have to start out with happiness evangelist. Oh my god, I love that title more than life itself. How did you come to be a happiness evangelist?
1: Oh well, I'm so happy that you love the name. Um, <laughs> it wasn't it was it wasn't an easy one to to come across. Um, the short story to that is, um, gosh, it's probably pre-COVID. I think it was 2019 then. Um, I went with a friend to a big conference in um, in Romania, actually, and we were watching. There was big, big names. Brené Brown was booked to be there. Um, there was just all these people there, you know, great top speakers. Guy Kawasaki was there. It was really big top people, and uh, we were daydreaming, you know, as you do. Like, one day, we'll walk out on that stage. We'll be the, the speakers. You know, we were, we were dreaming big, and... Um, yeah. I was thinking about what would we call ourselves and Guy Kawasaki was known then as the brand evangelist for Canva I think it was then and Mm -hmm. I I come from a background where um, I'm not religious I wasn't raised in a religious way and that word evangelist kind of stuck in me and I had a kind of more like a sort of more religious connotation to me and I was like what's a strange name and I follow another uh, great speaker um, who is a um, a kindness czar, and I was like, "Well, that's a good name." I was saying, "What could I be?" But that word kept coming into my mind, and I thought, "I want to be a happiness evangelist." I, I, I feel like I've got this mission to go out there, and I feel so strongly and so passionate that I have a message that you can really take control of your happiness. That I see so many people suffering and struggling. And I just know that life can be different, and I thought, that's it. I want to be a happiness evangelist, and that's how I was created.
0: I love it. I think I totally understand your feeling about the word evangelist, but, but when, you break, when you think about its basic meaning, it's, it's someone that's out there telling the truth, you know, sharing the, the good news, you know, getting people to understand that there's more to life. And, um, and that's what you're doing with all of the different things you're doing, starting with your, your coaching and your book. And, oh, my gosh, there's just so much to talk about here. Um, I'm curious to ask you, I'd love to ask people this, what actually is happiness? What do you think happiness is?
1: Well, I know what it means to me, and I know what it means to a lot of people. I think is definitely something internal more than anything. Um, I'm Unlike what we're we're led to believe, that it's not about something external, it's not about money, it's not about things, although these things are nice and important and we need them. Um, But I think what I believe and what I'm hearing, I have a a really large um, Happiness Club Facebook group, and we've got over a 1,000 women in there. And I ask them, that's what I ask them when they join, Mm. what does happiness mean to you? And we have the same top three answers come, and it's always a sense of peace, a sense of balance, and a sense of calm. And it really resonates with me. I think that's how I describe that in sense of feeling happy. It's not this excited, euphoric feeling every second of every day. It's like an overall sense of happiness and well-being. Um, but it's a very internal state that um, overall I feel pretty you know, calm, I feel pretty balanced, I have peace of mind and peace in my life and but I also think it's also about having resilience. I know that's very much your thing as well, Diane. It's about having resilience to handle stuff. I always say, you know, I might be a life coach and a happiness evangelist, but I don't live in a happiness bubble. You know, life happens to me. Stuff goes on. Um but I have the ability to to manage that and to push forwards through what happens. And so I think happiness is a general feeling that we have overall and this um, sense of joy in our lives, but this really internal sense of, you know, internal balance and external balance, you know, work-life balance that people talk about. But overall, a sense of peace and calmness.
0: You know, I love that so much. Um, that peace and calmness, it's, you know, I, I like to think about happiness as, you know, feeling like your life makes sense, like you are, you know, in the right place, doing the right things, things that matter. Um, I feel like having a purpose, knowing why you're here, what what you're here to do is a huge factor in, in happiness. And um, because, you know, you're right, there's no happiness bubble. There's no for happiness, to be happy all day. There's no actual ability to be like happy, happy, joy, joy all day long. That would be fake. That would be false. Um, but what what when you work on being intentionally happy, this is what I'm thinking, you have that ability to bounce back to that happiness place even in stormy times. Like my book is called Lighthearted Life simple strategy is to live a joy-filled life even in stormy times. And, it's, you know, you and I are really just, like, on the same track and wavelength. But yep. when you are cultivating, you know, daily practices of happiness and, and mining your thoughts and, and um, trying to stay in a beautiful state of mind, then when the hard things in life come, you can bounce back to that, that place of calm, that place of happiness. That place of knowing that um, life is good, for the most part. Don't you think that that's one of the benefits of focusing on the practice of happiness?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, and also what, yeah, exactly what you're you're talking about. That sense of meaning and purpose, direction, is so important. And there's often a debate about whether that's what you should aim for, as opposed to happiness. My personal opinion and my experience is that having meaning and purpose is part of happiness. And um, I think that's a really big part, that, yeah, you have a clear idea of how you want to live your life, that you have a sense of meaning and purpose in your day, and what you're doing. And exactly as you're picking up there, I'm very much about being intentionally happy, and I chose that word, intentionally, <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's very much about that you can drive that. And I think a lot of people... very reactive in their lives rather than being proactive and life just speeds by and we're just reacting to things rather than being in the driving seat and taking control of that and it's not even over like huge things but it's just every day what are the things that are important to you we get so caught up in life and everyday stuff it's not always the most important things and what I was hearing over and over and over again was, oh, I'd really like to do that, but I don't have time. Oh, I'd love to do that, but I don't have time for that. Or, oh, I never get to do this. You know, like, I would love to meet up with my friends, but I'm too busy, you know. Or here, I live in Munich, so, you know, I'd love to go to the Christmas markets, but I I, I won't have time. You know, or i love to get to the mountains, but, yeah, the weekends are too busy. And just hearing people putting off the things that are actually more important and really about what makes them happy for, I don't know, other stuff. And so that's what I really love to talk about, is about how you can take daily conscious action to live the life that you want to lead so that you Mm -hmm. do have that sense of meaning and purpose and joy in what you do. And, uh, you know, even amongst all the stuff that we have to do, the daily stuff, you know, there's still the things that are truly important. You know, number number four, actually, which came out um, during pandemic times as well, uh, when I ask people about happiness, they say relationships. And I hear yeah. so many people saying, like, they don't make enough time for friends or they're too busy. You know, yet that is, you know, we're built for connection. We're built for being around others. Most of us thrive off that. And that's what we really noticed during this pandemic of not having that daily interaction with people, not actually seeing people, you know, so that if that, as an example, if that is something that's important, if friendship is important, if family is important, then it's consciously working on that every day so that you are doing that because that brings you joy. Not that you're too busy at work or on social media that you don't get a chance to call a friend or you know, call your parents or whoever it is you want to be in contact with. So that's, you know, this is about this being much more intentional about the life you you wish to lead and what's truly important.
0: I love every word you just said, and I want to dig into that even a little bit more. Um, But we are going to take a quick moment right this second and recognize one of our sponsors. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence, and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the United States and around the globe with more than 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University. And to all of our sp- sponsors and partners who make this radio show um, network happen. And now we're coming back to our show, the Lighthearted Life. And with us today is my guest, Julie Leonard. And so, Julie, when we broke for the um, the commercial break, let's call it, um, we were talking about that aspect of intentionality, about basically mm-hmm. creating the life that we want to have. And I am so. Uh, I just, I love that concept so much because we, you talked about people being reactive instead of like creating the life that they want. And the truth of the matter is every single human has the same 24 hours in the day. And anything that you want to do in your life, whether it's get an education, get a job, uh, bench press 300 pounds, whatever it may be. You can only get there by being intentional, and it's so it's so interesting to me how how people fight against the concept of being intentional with our happiness and our joy and our mindset and things like that. And it's it's the same as any other goal that you might have. And you wrote about um, in your book. You wrote about a woman who um, was struggling with some of her internal. Talk, with her mindset, with negative thoughts. And you said that you did an asset map, which I want to find out more about that. But mm-hmm. I just want to touch on – and you started looking at the people in her life and, and what they brought to her life in terms of, like, joyful interaction or maybe stressful interaction. And you noticed that she was spending most of her available time with people – that bring out the worst in her or, or or bring stress into her life. And she said she just didn't have time to fit in um, meaningful time with the people that bring her joy. So how how did you work with her on that to change her thinking and change her behavior, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think she, she was the perfect example of this reaction to life. You know, she got caught up in... Just this day-to-day life and a sense of loyalty to people, and you know, was just sort of very busy running around with different groups. But a lot of them were quite negative and, and really not that positive to be around. Yet she kept talking about this group of women that she'd been friends with for a long time and how wonderful they were and how positive they were and how she feels great when she's with them and. All these great trips that they'd done, and you know, she just she just glowed when she spoke about them. Yet she never like saw them, and and she was finding it hard. You know what it's like when you're talking about these things. You're so in it; it's really hard to see it. So I did this thing with her called an asset map, and it's brilliant. I think a lot of people are quite visual, but this is very powerful. I've done it with a lot of my clients. Is just literally got a big sheet of paper and, you know, you can do it like just with pens and paper. I think we actually used Lego for hers, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> so You can use anything you want, you know, get your Lego out, whatever you want to do. Um, but really, I, I put her in the middle and I said, OK, just start doing a radius. You know, who do you see the most? Who's the closest to you? And, you know, and, her, you know, she had two sons there, so she put them in. And, you know, and then we built up, you know, who else do you see a lot of? And, you know, so, yeah, there was loads. I mean, she had a lot of people in her life, yet felt really lonely because it wasn't, she wasn't spending time with the right people. And so we started mapping that out. So basically, you just, you know, you do a radius out from the people you spend the most time with or you're closest to, to all the people in your life. One, it can be really powerful to see, like, actually how many people you do have in your life, because we often feel like we're lonely or we don't have people or have connections. We mapped everyone, including, like, professionals. Myself was in there. Everything, everyone was there. And that's what you saw, was that the people she spent the most time with were people that were quite toxic, quite negative, that she always left feeling drained and exhausted. And her resources were finite. Her energy was very finite. She had a lot of health issues. Her time was very finite. And financially was finite, too. So she was spending a lot of time and money with people that drained her, and she'd come home and feel worse. And I'm like... So here, up here, out, you know, out on the edges of this paper, these amazing people that you love and make you feel amazing, and you know, really pour into you and replenish your energy and make you feel great, that you never see. Yet you're spending all this time with these people that make you feel rubbish. So, and it was just really stark to her. And I was like, well, how can you change that around? How can you change that dynamic? How can you spend more time with the people that make you feel great? And that was a way for her to see what was going on and to start to take that much more proactive approach to, like, who do I want to spend time with? What relationships are important to me? Which ones have just been out of habit or loyalty and that I could sort of pull away from and change? So it's a great exercise for anything. You can do it for positive people in your life. I've done it with people who have maybe have a, a very negative or abusive person in their life which that tends to dominate and shape everything over you know, overshadow everything else and feel like that's all you focus on. But then demonstrate yeah. look at all these amazing other people you have in your life. This one person is very negative and of course, you know, has a lot of power over you in terms of how you feel. Those look all these incredible people that love you and support you and are positive. So it's a great visual representation to really get that balance in your life and to actually see the true facts of how your life
0: is. I love that you said it's visual because so many of us mm. are just visual learners. We need to see it, like in black and white or in Lego. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but we need—we kind of need to see it right before our very eyes to mm. understand it, and then to be able to be like, "No, I'm in charge of these circles, and I'm in charge of this time of." The time that I have available, you know, I think that no, one thing I, I know for a fact is that nobody is going to, um, love and respect your life as much as we individually should and must. We must take charge of these things. We must have ownership of how we spend our time, which will then, and who we spend it with, which will directly impact our, our mindset and our joy and we can't Mm -hmm. just give it away it's too valuable do you agree
1: absolutely i mean to me time is just the most precious commodity you know as you say we have 24 hours in a day i like to think of 160 hours in the in the week that feels a bit more um but yeah, yeah time is finite time is precious isn't it and um yeah that's why one of the chapters is actually about sort of time management and time tracking so Again, I do that a lot with the women I work with is, you know, and I have to do I do it regularly with myself. Is like, where am I spending my time, you know, and just literally tracking it over like a week and just seeing, you know, where you spend your day, where you spend your time. we do lose a lot of time. I mean, every week in my happiness club, I'm always like disconnect from text, be aware of how much time you're on because we're getting sucked into that so much. You know, and like yes. last week even someone said, I've just realized I spent seven hours on my phone today. Like, seven hours? It's like, wow, that's so much. You know, like, yeah. So, like, what What could you be doing in that? It's amazing where you can save time and redirect it in a positive way. We lose a lot of time scrolling on our phones or, you know, just pottering around. It's amazing where it goes. So, tracking, map, try mapping that over a week and just seeing where it goes. And then I get people to get a you know, a blank calendar and put in the things that are important. Put in, you know, if you're at work or, you know, you're, you've got kids to school or, or all these regular everyday commitments, you put all that in. Put in your sleep, put in food, put in your morning routine and then see mm-hmm. where those pockets of time are and you'll find that you do have time. You can make time for the things that are important and often things are important. They don't actually take a lot of time. I think we we expand them in our minds, you know, I need all this time because I need to exercise or I need to make a phone call or, you know, to talk to someone, you know, whatever it is. Like, we often think, oh, gosh, we need a huge amount of time, but I, it's, it's amazing when you're clear in what you're doing and you're focused, you can put things in. You know, when I when I decide to yeah. write the book, you know, like, I have a, a full-time job. I, I'm, I'm an expat. I live in Germany. I have no family. Mm-hmm. I've got a seven-year-old son, you know, like... You know, I'm limited in my time, but when I decided to be really intentional about that, I put other things aside, and I blocked off time every single day and every week to write that, and I wrote it in 12 weeks, start to finish, 12 weeks. You know, I mean, it's nice. not, I also delib- i also deliberately made it a very short book because I think we can cut through a lot of waffle. <laughs> and I just wanted to be yes. like, here is just what you have to do. Let's get intentional. Let's skip to the the good bit. This is what you do. But you know, I did that, and you know, I I don't have a lot of time. You know, I don't have a lot of free time. But if you really want to do something, you can do it, and you can go for things that you want to do. You know, I think of me on here now talking to you. I, I wasn't always a confident person. I was a very, very shy, anxious, and introverted child teenager, right in my 20s as well. The thought of ever, like, speaking on a radio show, like, no, I could barely speak at school, never mind this. <laughs> you know, you can re- I know, and it's hard to believe because I'm super chatty, <laughs> but, you know, like, you can make things happen, you know, like,
0: yes. you can.
1: I was always told I couldn't write, you know that was a huge limiting belief. One of my biggest limiting beliefs was I couldn't write yet I wrote a number one book, so yep I'm not saying that to show off. I'm saying it that you know I've come from, I wasn't born happy or confident. I've gone through a lot of things, but you can change change is possible, yep. and you can become the person you want to be. You can do the things that you want to do, and you can. Gently move out of your comfort zone. I like to say expand my comfort zone rather than get out of my comfort zone. I like to expand into my comfort zone all the time. But you can do it. I can do it. You did it. You know, I hope our stories inspire others to to feel it. They too can do it. Well,
0: we can all do it. We're all born with, you know, you and I have read a lot of the same research. Um, You think about, Mm. you know, our ability to be happy or happier, you know, is based on a number of things. And and 50% of that ability is based on our DNA. I mean, like, you know, we're born a certain way, right? I I created Mm -hmm. this continuum where on the one side is like um, a dark cloud, rainy day, and the other side is a sunny day. And so 50% of our ability to to be in the sunny side is our DNA, and 10% is our you know, our circumstances and things like that at at any given time. But that leaves 40% available to us at our disposal to create our actual happiness, to choose the thoughts and the behaviors that will move us further towards that sunny day um, outlook. And that's a lot of leeway that we have. That's a lot of um, ownership we have. And that's what I like to try to – teach my clients, you know, that that you have a lot of space there to do the things that bring you joy and that create your your happiness. And it it is very intentional. And you can choose just like I mean, we choose all day, every day, we're choosing. We're choosing what to wear. We're choosing what street to drive on. We're choosing if we're gonna get mad that someone cut us off on the freeway. We're choosing all day long. So if we know that we're choosing then why don't we decide how we're going to choose? You know, we're going to choose the the, the sunny side of the street. We're going to choose the positive outlook because we're choosing nonetheless no matter what happens. Do you agree with that, Julie?
1: I do indeed. I think, yeah, the research is showing that that a huge percentage of our happiness is up for grabs, that it's not down to Mm -hmm. luck, it's not down to anything. It's, It's actually down to you and what, You choose to do, and you can choose how you spend your day, what you put in your body, who you talk to. There's so much that you can do. I would also go further to say that that part that's the circumstances, of course, you know, people are in extremely difficult circumstances. You know, so much is going on for people. Sometimes we can't always change our circumstances. Sometimes we can. We can make tough decisions. There's still a choice there, even if it's really tough. And I've been in that myself, where it's taken me a while, but I've had to make some tough decisions and come out of difficult situations. So there's always a choice to either, you know, sometimes you can change your circumstances, but if you can't, you can change how you perceive them. And, you know, simply, you know, As you say, like, you know, it could be snowing. So you can go, oh, it's snowing, this is awful. you can go, wow, look how beautiful the snow is. You know, it can be quite as Mm -hmm. simple as that. But a lot of our stress is very perceived in how we react to stressful situations. So when we work on that, we can also choose how we respond to our circumstances. And now as well, even with that 50% genetics, there's a whole lot of work going on in epigenetics, which is all about how we can change some of our DNA that not all of it is set in stone. There's so much that we can work on. I mean, even simply the the incredible research out there in meditation and what it does to the actual, your Uh, DNA strands, it's phenomenal. So, you know, don't even, you know, I think we can also start to challenge some of that and, and, you know, claw back some of that into the, you know, the, the choice part too. You know, you can say, well, this is my family history, but I can work on this or take proactive action or, you know, really look after my stress levels, my health. There's so many things that we can do that, you know, so I do think, yeah, there's definitely tons up for grabs, but there's also other stuff that you can also kind of, with the right perspective, we can also say, actually, 50% or more is really, you know, up for me to take control over.
0: Yes. And that's a lot of control. One of the things that I read in your book, um, your book is so interesting because it gives, like, the framework and the concepts about happiness and being intentional. And then it goes into more specifics, like, things that we can incorporate into our day-to-day, starting today, and um, exercises that we can do to get better at this, right? And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I read that really just jumped out at me was this concept of no zero date. What is that all about?
1: I knew you would pick that one. It's incredible when I did that. All the feedback is that's the one that jumps out to everyone, and I love it. It wasn't quite my phrase that I uh, created, unfortunately, but I can't claim all the credit, but I think it's amazing. And, yeah, if you want to start being intentional, if you think how, you know, I don't know where to start, I don't know what to do, Think about the things that are important to you. So this is, yeah, what you're describing is I have a 12-step program, you know, over a year, a year-long coaching program, and each month we work on each topic that takes you towards an intentionally happy life. So once you've got it clear on what it is that's important, say you decide today, you know, I want to drink more water and be, you know, more hydrated and healthier, then a no zero day means that you do something no matter how tiny it is how small it is, something towards that goal every single day. So, you know, you drink one sip of water even would count, you know, or have one glass of water. You know, if you want to read more, you read one line, do one set up do one tiny thing because one is not zero. And the thing about that is once you do that, it's easy to start. When you are struggling with motivation or you're not sure, you know, what to do or how to get started, one tiny action is better than nothing. And once you get started, one is more. If you want to write a book, write one line every day. At the end of the week, you have seven lines. You have a paragraph. Yeah. It's better than start. you know, at the end of the week and you've got nothing. Because what you find is you often say, I'll drink lots of water. And then, oh, I didn't do anything today. And then the next day, oh, I didn't do it again. And you, oh, I'll just give up this week. You know, this week's a write-off. And it's saying, no, no matter how small, you take a sip of water, you drink a glass, because then what happens is you get motivated and you won't just stick to that. You know, you'll drink two glasses, you'll drink five glasses. It has a snowball effect. So say to yourself, no matter how small it is, send, you know, if relationships are important, you know, send one WhatsApp message to a friend today. That's one step closer to reaching out and making contact. So do one tiny step because one is not zero.
0: I love it. I wish we could talk for another half hour about all kinds of things, because I know we could go on and on. But um, that is pretty much the end of our show for today. And Julie Leonard, thank you so much for being my guest. And you guys, if you want to find out more about Julie, it's as simple as going to julieleonardcoaching.com. You can learn all about her. You can find her book anywhere great books are sold, Intentional Happiness. And um, I want to say a special thanks to all of our listeners, the ones in the United States and internationally as we are an international show. And after our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And, you know, we're expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast. So for now, we'll be back again for another live Woman Lead radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific time and on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific time. It has been my great pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you have a lighthearted life and a truly um, intentionally happy week. Bye bye for now.